Convicted and Convinced, a message from God's Word for you. And now, here's Dr. Dan Gerard. At a very young age, David was anointed to be king of Israel. As he yielded himself to God, David's fame began to spread. And before long, the people of Israel were singing a song. Saul has slain his thousands, and David has slain his ten thousands. King Saul became so jealous that he sought to destroy the man of God. And on numerous occasions, David had to flee from the spear and the sword of Saul in order to escape death. I read from 1 Samuel chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Dulam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And every one that was in underscore distress, and every one that was underscore in debt, and every one that was underscore discontented gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. I'm sharing with you today the resurrection and D situations. David, at the time of this text, had escaped to the cave of Adullam. The word Adullam means the resting place. And when those who saw David for who he really was, the anointed of God, found out that he was there, they went down to David. They were people filled with great trouble. And here they come, 400 men, 400 men with drooping heads and sagging hearts, men in distress, men in debt, men in discontentment. In all probability, if some of our generation had been in David's shoes, They may have met those men at the door of the cave and sent them away with words similar to these biting at their heels. Get away. Can't you see that I have enough troubles of my own without taking on your sorry situations? But thank God David did not exemplify that kind of attitude. I personally believe that David embraced and welcomed each of those 400 men, and they detected his love. They appreciated his concern, and they accepted his leadership. And as a result, a humble army of loyal followers was started there at the cave of Adullam. It was started there because they experienced a resurrection of the value of life. 
And now their heads are no longer drooping, they're popping up. No longer are their hearts sad, but rather their hearts are pumping with excitement, the excitement of renewed strength. And it was all because David became their captain, a captain who would lead them, a captain who would instruct them, a captain who would never leave them, a captain who would walk and march with them all the way to the throne of Israel. Can't you even now feel just a little of the joy that must have erupted in the lives of those 400 men, those followers of David, as they saw the crown finally placed upon his head. You see, David had taken them. He had taken them even though they were in distress. He had taken them even though they were debtors. He had taken them even though they were discontented, and and David had molded them into vessels to be proud of. There, at the cave of Adullam, a resurrection of the value of life came into existence. I want you to fast forward now to just over... 2,000 years ago, and I want you to behold another man, and yet he was more than a man. He was the God-man, the God-man who was in a similar situation as was David. His name was Jesus the Christ, and he too was anointed to be king. In fact, his very name means the anointed one. And from the very early moments of Christ's birth and onward, attempt after attempt after attempt had been made by the adversary of God and the enemy of the human family to snare him, to defeat him, and destroy him. And yet, Jesus escaped each of those attempts, ever alert in his mind and heart of doing Heavenly Father's will. Nevertheless, the hour finally came, the hour for an army to be formed. But in order for the army to be formed, it was first necessary to experience the cross and then the tomb, the cave of resurrection. His cave was not that of Adullam. His cave was that of Joseph of Arimathea. It was a cave of rest as he rested in that tomb on the Sabbath day It was a cave of rest from which he would come forth very early on a Sunday morning, and he would come forth having the keys of death and hell and the grave. 
And can you almost hear the shouts now? Listen, as they echoed across the hills of Judea and began to pierce the very hearts of mankind. Can you hear them? Come. Come. Come to the cave and see for yourself that he is not dead. He is alive forevermore. Can you hear it now? And thank God they came. They came accepting the challenge of being tagged as peculiar and, and an outcast. Sure, the world scoffed. And the world pointed fingers of accusation in their direction, but, but still they came. And thank God, they're still coming. From every century and every nation, they have come and are still coming. Not just 400, but individual after individual after individual. Men and women, boys and girls, old and young alike, all coming in the same fashion with drooping heads and, and sagging hearts, all under one de-situation or another. The first de-situation is that of distress. Look again at 1 Samuel chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. And David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Dulam. And, and when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in underscore distress gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them. Oh, my friends, distress is indeed a painful situation. It is a situation of trouble and misfortune, a situation that, that brings with it a cloud, so many times a cloud of danger and, and desperate need. And that cloudy situation is dark and perplexing. But as distressing as that situation is, there is hope. There's hope to the weary soul who will call upon God at such a time as this. Psalm 18, listen, as the man after God's own heart penned in verses 5 and 6, the sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. Notice, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. Oh, my friends, your God and my Heavenly Father not only hears, but, but he is able to deliver us out of distress. Listen, 
First Kings chapter 1 and verse 29, as, as it reverberated from the very existence of the king, and David swear and said, as the Lord liveth, and hath redeemed my soul out of how much distress? One more time, out of how much distress? One more time, out of how much distress? Out of all distress. At the cave of resurrection, you and I can find relief from our distress. The second D situation is that of debt. Look again at 1 Samuel chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. And David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Dulam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in underscored debt gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them. Who, oh, my friends, Christ has paid the price so that you and I can be free from the debt to both sin and Satan. Oh, how it must have thrilled Peter as he took wheel in hand and penned the words recorded in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. For as much as you know, that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And I really believe as Simon Peter penned these words, he was remembering the words that Jesus spoke that's recorded in John chapter 8 and verse 36. If the Son, talking about himself, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be how free? You shall be free indeed. There's a wonderful hymn that we don't hear sung very much. It's titled, He Paid the Debt. And I want to read just the first stanza of that wonderful hymn. I had a debt I could not pay. He paid the debt he did not owe. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace, all day long. Christ Jesus paid the debt that I could never pay. At the cave of resurrection, you and I find relief from our debt, and it's all because Christ paid the debt for you and for me. The third D situation 
is that of discontent. I carry us back one more time to 1 Samuel chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. And David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Dulam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was underscored discontented gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them. What does discontentment mean? It means that a person has become unsatisfied with the way one's life is shaping and heading. Is there anybody else here besides me who has ever walked through the valley of discontentment? But, oh, my friends, the Bible has the answer to discontentment. And the answer is for us to make an about face by God's Holy Spirit enablement and to recognize what is stated in Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 23. Listen, the fear or reverence of the Lord tendeth to life. Oh, that's exciting, isn't it? But continue reading with me. The fear or reverence of the Lord tendeth to the life, and he that hath it shall abide how? Shall abide satisfied. If you and I have the reverence of the Lord pulsating in our minds and our hearts, you and I can abide satisfied. Paul, Paul gave himself as an example of a good soldier after conversion into the army of God under the direction and leadership of Captain Jesus. A verse that many of you could quote from memory, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11. Not that I speak in respect to want, for I have learned. And notice one of the things that, that Paul learned in the schoolroom of God's Holy Spirit. I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith, to be what? To be content. My friends, this does not mean by any stretch of the imagination that we are not to pray and strive for self-improvement. But what it does mean is this. As long as you and I are convicted and convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are obeying God's Word God's will and God's way, we can find contentment and we can be content in whatsoever state we find ourselves. Well, you see, to be in the presence of Captain Jesus, to be at the cave of resurrection life with Him will enable us to cling to and follow His battle plans. I want to share with you one of his battle plans. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. 
And as if someone were about to ask, well, Captain Jesus, how can we be content with what we have? He says, understand, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. And that's why his son in the faith, Timothy, could also pen, found in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6, I believe after accepting what Paul wrote unto him. That's why Timothy could reverberate, but godliness with contentment is great gain. You see, Paul wrote those words to his son in the faith, and Timothy accepted those words. And my brothers and sisters, by faith, you and I at the cave of resurrection can also find relief from discontentment. Oh, while the world as a whole turns its back on the persons that are in such lowly situations, Jesus still says to those who are in distress. He still says to those in debt. He still says to those in discontentment, as recorded in Matthew 11, verse 28, come, come, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Why can Jesus give us rest? Because of the tomb, the cave, and he is coming out of that place of rest so that you and I can know what real rest is all about. You see, when we come to Jesus at the cave of resurrection, when we come just as we are with our distresses, with our debts, with our discontentments, when we come to Jesus, Jesus embraces us. He welcomes us, and He becomes our captain. A captain who will give us rest. A captain who will lead us. A captain who will instruct us. A captain who will never forsake us. A captain who will walk hand in hand with us all the way to the throne of the universes. All the way to the glory of a kingdom where soon and very soon he is going to be crowned as King of kings and Lord of lords. And I want to be there, don't you? I want to be in my hallelujah with the angels, and we're going to be able to do so all because of the tomb, the cave of resurrection. Jesus is captain over D situations. Dr. Dan Gerard is the pastor of University Parkway Seventh-day Adventist Church in Pensacola, Florida. 
Our weekly podcasts are recorded every Saturday morning. Bible study begins at 9.30. The sermon begins at 11. You are invited to join us. We live stream the 11 o'clock service. You can catch that broadcast at our website, universitypkwy.org, or at Livestream. A library of previous messages is available on our YouTube channel and on our website. Thank you for listening.